Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Welcome to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives with Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide, a child sponsorship ministry transforming children's lives by exposing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's join Bill now as he opens us up with prayer. Father God, we are so thankful to know that you have loved us from the beginning of time. We invite the power of your Holy Spirit to open our hearts and minds today as we hear from your word. We commend this time to you. Amen. Well, I'm Bill Neenhouse from Child Care Worldwide. We are a child sponsorship ministry located in Bellingham, Washington. You know, our mission is to deliver the gospel of Jesus Christ to children throughout the world. This is our first of what I hope to be many times we will meet together here on Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. I want to thank my colleagues at KGNW here in Seattle for helping create this opportunity to share God's word and various stories of transformation. And my prayer is this will be a great time of blessing for you. So before we go to God's word today and consider what it has to say, uh, I have a question. Do you consider yourself to be a religious person? And what does that even mean? We know people can have religious convictions and not be a Christian. To most unbelievers, having a religious conviction is tantamount to having a deep focus for something, a strong opinion, or just great willpower. Their religion might be sports, or making money, saving the environment, or maybe even their own physical fitness. They may be committed to healthy eating or extreme exercise. The word religious in front of their conviction simply describes the degree to which they are committed to whatever it is they care about. Individuals who believe in God might call themselves religious, but more often than we like, the religion is all about what they do, not what was done for them. They count how many times they prayed each day. They volunteer in hopes of doing good deeds. They make sure they get up at the crack of dawn each morning to open their favorite devotional book to ensure they've counted the minutes they put into Bible time. Well, you know, on the surface, these things aren't bad. But when we think they make us more holy in the eyes of a completely holy God, we've been deceived. Many people who believe their works are what save them or bring them extra favor with God are in a constant struggle to do more or to do enough. They've been taught that being a Christian is mostly about doing good things. They don't necessarily understand that it was Jesus Christ who did the things they couldn't do. What kind of religion do you have? To recognize a religion that saves, you just need to go to the Bible. It tells us what kind of religion we will have if we completely give our life to Jesus Christ. If we completely give our lives to Christ, we have a personal religion. Well, you remember the story of Nicodemus visiting Christ in the middle of a cold, windy night? Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a man very familiar with what it was like to follow the Jewish law, with all its rules and physical requirements. He was taught merely that following the law earned him everlasting life. 
He knew nothing about what Jesus taught. Jesus said in John 3, verse 3, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Nicodemus immediately asked, Well, how can a man be born when he is old? Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Nicodemus was interpreting Jesus' words in earthly terms, not spiritual. How many times do we attend church and interpret the sermon message in earthly terms, not spiritual terms? Do you leave church on Sunday with a commitment to do better? Doing more so God will bless you? Friend, that's not how it works. Many in today's world profess religion but have never experienced a spiritual and personal encounter with Jesus Christ. We must be born again through repentance and faith. When God forgives our sins, He receives us into the family of God. Through repentance and faith, we're able to be received into the family of God. Not five specific prayer times a day, not walking an elderly lady across the busy street, not being nice to the postman. When we're born again, our actions of holiness are the result of the immense gratitude we have for what Jesus did in our place. We deserve death, yet he died in our place. He paid the penalty we deserve. When we really understand that, the works we perform are a form of worship to the Lord. In fact, when we're truly born again, we won't be sinless, but we will sin less. If we completely give our lives to Christ, we'll have a purifying religion. 1 John 1 verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. Many Christians have never totally committed their lives to Jesus Christ. They falter because they persist in having their own way. They hold on to and habitually repeat sins. Not big sins, of course, just little ones, <laughs> as if there were a degree to sinning. They feel badly, though, and what do they do? They try to counteract the guilt they feel by performing good works. We must surrender our will unreservedly to God's will. Doing so brings cleansing and purifying through the presence of the Holy Spirit. If we completely give our lives to Christ, we'll have a positive religion. Now, this isn't the kind of power of positivity. It's not a list of pithy affirmations. It's not doing all you can to eliminate negative thoughts. A positive religion is having a faith of assurance in the truth of what Jesus did and how that reserves our membership in the family of God. 1 John 3, verse 14 and 15 says, We know that we have passed from death to life, because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. There is a lack of sureness in a religion of deeds. People live in guilt and try to do more because they are so vague and uncertain about their spiritual state. When asked if they're going to spend eternity with God in heaven, they say, well, I, I guess so, or maybe I hope so. If we have been born again of the Spirit, 
then we can be positive about our inheritance, our membership in the family of God. For we know in whom we have believed. No argument can refute the I know or the I have response from a saved Christian. If we completely give our lives to Christ, we'll have a powerful religion. 1 Peter verse 1, 3-5 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. A religion based only in works makes no claim concerning its power to save, sanctify, and sustain. It's a powerless religion. Our need is for a religion with power, God's power. He's able to forgive sins, cleanse hearts, heal the sick, and I'm convinced that he's able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. And finally, if we completely give our lives to Christ, we'll have a productive religion. John 15 verse 16 reads, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Many Christians fail to work diligently for God. Some are unconcerned, some are neglectful, others are just spiritually lazy. We must be about the Master's business, because Jesus is coming soon. We should pray for the needs of others, assist the less fortunate, and share Christ with the unsaved. Why? Because of what Christ did for us. In Acts 1 verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In my life as a Christian, I've often used a sports analogy to describe the degrees to which I've been working diligently for God or not. It's like the difference between being a player and a spectator. I spent years sitting in the stands watching God work, applauding at others who are in ministry, or cheering the ministry on when a missionary describes souls won during an evangelical outreach. Years ago, God touched my heart and convinced me to stop watching and start playing. I moved from the peanut gallery to the field and took instructions from my coach, the living God. An amazing transformation took place in my life and an unspeakable joy became a regular occurrence for me. You know, friend, it can be the same for you. If you surrender yourself to the Lord and sincerely ask Him to put you in situations to share the gospel, He'll do it, and your life will be changed. Let's pray. Father, all of us want to serve you boldly, but we know it starts with complete surrender and a willingness to be open to opportunities you put in our daily lives. Lord, forgive us for being comfortable as mere spectators to the work of your Son, Jesus, on this earth. We are ready to be made available to you. Thank you for loving us, dear God, and for the grace you pour out on each of us each day. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. What is Child Care Worldwide? 
Well, it's a Christian ministry dedicated to sharing the gospel with children in need. Child Care Worldwide goes beyond just basic needs and education by introducing children to the transformative love of Jesus. We work closely with local churches to disciple each child well, helping them grow in their faith and helping them find hope, not only for today, but for eternity too. Learn how you can help at childcareworldwide.org. Welcome back to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. I'm Bill Neenhouse, and I'd like to tell you a story about a Christian who became a Christian. And no, that's not a mistake. Let me explain. Bobby grew up in the Bible Belt, surrounded by churches. The local school was called a Christian school, and most folks were called Christians. His parents also subscribed to this way of thinking. Bobby and his family went to church Sunday after Sunday, read their Bibles, and prayed regularly. In fact, they made a good number of short-term missions trips together. So it happened one day that the local evangelical church Bobby's family attended had a joint Sunday school meeting. All the kids were gathered together to watch a film. Bobby didn't remember what the film was about, but he did remember an adult stepping forward after the film and saying that if he wanted to go to heaven, then he needed to invite Jesus into his heart. So around the age of five, he did just that, without telling a single soul, not even his own mother. From that point on, Bobby would consider himself a Christian. At the age of 13, his mom asked him if he was a Christian, and he said, of course. Being satisfied with the answer, nobody would ask him again until he wanted to be baptized and join the local church at age 15. Bobby simply said that he had invited Jesus into his heart. They, too, were content with that answer. As Bobby got older, he became increasingly bothered by his sin. And at first, that wasn't too bad, but then he realized it started to control him. He tried to better himself as best he could. He started studying the Bible more earnestly. He tried really hard to live a good life, but kept failing in so many ways. At the same time, he was often plagued by doubts about his salvation. This began many repeated times of inviting Jesus into his heart. Bobby's attempt at living right only became a cycle of sin, confess, sin, confess, sin, confess. It was causing him to become depressed and angry. Bobby's anger, for the most part, was well hidden, but it was reflected in outbursts of anger whenever he was pushed to the limit. The truth was that Bobby was trying to live the Christian life even though he wasn't a Christian at all. He just thought he was. Not only were those around him deceived into thinking he was a Christian, but Bobby deceived himself. Trying to live the Christian life without being one is miserable. It's as useless as a caterpillar trying to fly without going through metamorphosis first. Just imagine for a moment a caterpillar ever so slowly making its way high up into a tree and then trying to take a flying leap while also trying to flap its body somehow. There is always that awful landing at the bottom and then trying it all over again. Well, that's what it was like for Bobby. And he needed to change his thinking. Specifically, Bobby needed to change the thinking as to how one could be saved. He needed to accept the true way to be saved. What was happening was that God, in his great mercy and love, had brought Bobby to the end of himself. It was around this time that God, in his mercy and loving kindness, showed Bobby the way he could truly become a Christian. God brought him into contact with a Christian friend, and though they would not talk about whether Bobby was saved or not, they read the Bible together regularly. God's word pointed Bobby in the right direction. 
Trying to do better wasn't the solution to Bobby's sin problem. The solution was to believe that Jesus was the solution. His righteousness, sinless life, and his death on the cross solved Bobby's sin problem. The Word would be the means by which God himself would show this to Bobby and change his life forever. God put the puzzle pieces of the Bible together in the correct way. Yes, it was humbling for Bobby to admit that his way of thinking had been wrong, but at the same time, he was internally grateful that he was now a true Christian. Bobby says it still makes his heart skip a beat or two, thinking that he would have ended up in hell with the thinking he had. It scared him to think that he was so confident that he was a Christian, and it would have ended up in hell despite all his confidence. The problem was that his confidence was incorrectly placed in his ability to do things to make God love him more. What utter misery. Not only that, it's a complete useless endeavor. The truth be told, if Bobby had continued in his thinking, he would have ended up in hell, thinking all along that he was a Christian. Now with his confidence placed correctly, Bobby no longer had those nagging doubts. He's not miserable anymore, but rather he's rejoicing and very thankful. He praises God for what he's done in his life. Titus 3 verse 4 through 7 says, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. God's ready to transform your life today just like he did for Bobby. He did it for me and he can do it for you too. Believe this, my friend. Just believe in who Jesus is and what he did. Then you'll be able to call yourself a Christian and that faith will sustain you through this life and into an eternal life as a member of God's family. Child Care Worldwide delivers the gospel of Jesus Christ to thousands of kids in underdeveloped countries, providing for their physical needs and sponsoring their education. Long-term transformation is what makes Child Care Worldwide unique. Sponsored children are a member of a life center located at a local church and meet weekly for gospel-driven Bible lessons, scripture memorization, singing, and fellowship. The curriculum teaches children about God and His eternal plan for them. Visit childcareworldwide.org. Can we talk a little bit about Child Care Worldwide now? Child Care Worldwide transforms children's lives by exposing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ, providing for their physical needs, and sponsoring education. You know, we connect sponsors with children through Christ-based life centers. With sponsors and life centers removing barriers, children grow spiritually and physically into thriving, productive adults. A Life Center is located in a local church, and each Saturday, for three hours, our children meet at the local church to learn Bible stories, memorize scripture, eat a nutritious meal, and just generally have fun. Throughout the coronavirus pandemic, Child Care Worldwide has been delivering food and other basic supplies to the children at our Life Centers. Even though we can't run regular programs due to social distancing measures, we're grateful for every opportunity we have to interact with the kids and to remind them that God loves them, even in the midst of these hard times. Well, a few weeks ago, we delivered a food package to a young girl named Asher. Asher lives with her grandma, along with many other extended family members. 
Altogether, there are 12 people living in her grandma's three-room house. Her parents are separated, and she hasn't seen either of them in many years. But her grandma and her aunties take really good care of her. Asher's family is Muslim. It wasn't until Asher started attending our Child Care Worldwide Life Center that she heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the Life Center, Asher met Ms. Lydia, an amazing Life Center teacher who patiently and lovingly shared the truth with her. And after many months attending classes, Asher's life changed forever. She became a Christian. Today, she sees Ms. Lydia as her biggest role model. It's hard being the only believer in her family, but at the Life Center each week, she finds encouragement and inspiration. With Life Center meetings on pause due to COVID-19, we know kids like Asher are the ones who struggle the most. Thankfully, through food deliveries, we were able to check in with her in a safe, socially distant manner. It's not the same as Bible lessons and spiritual development that we usually offer at Life Center. But we're glad we still have the opportunity to connect with Asher. And when we did, we realized just how important that food package would be to her and her family. With the country in lockdown, no one in Asher's family was able to work. Instead, all 12 of them were surviving on vegetables they grow in their small garden. They were eating just one meal a day, usually sweet potatoes and cassava. Well, thanks to our food package, they now have a steady supply of the staples that were missing from their diet. Asher couldn't wait to cook rice and beans using the ingredients we provided. She said, I thank God for my life center, and I'm so happy because I'm going to enjoy rice and fried beans. Back when life center classes were still happening, Ms. Lydia consistently taught Asher and her friends to trust God even when things get hard. Looking at all the food we'd given her, Asher couldn't help but smile. She said, Ms. Lydia was right. God does provide. You know, that's the kind of help you can provide to kids today. They're sitting there waiting for their next meal to show up. They're waiting for the love of God to be present in their lives. They hear the word at their life center, but then every day is just like another day. Hardship, turmoil, lack of food, lack of clean water. We would love to have you participate in helping girls like Asher and young boys and folks who need help through this pandemic. You can help us by going to childcareworldwide.org. Childcare Worldwide is a Christian sponsorship ministry, and we are so proud of the work we do. We thank God every day for his provision and for his help and his loving kindness that shone through generous sponsors in the United States who then gift wonderful opportunity to kids all over the world. Childcareworldwide.org is the place where you can find out more. Childcare Worldwide has existed for nearly 40 years. We serve kids in Peru, Haiti, Mexico, Thailand, India, Sri Lanka, Uganda, and Kenya in Africa. We're committed to exposing children to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hire exclusively Christian individuals in every single place we operate. Our country directors and program staff are national professionals, allowing our programs to be more effective within the culture. Every one of our programs are run through a local church, and we accept no government funding of any kind. 
Sponsored children are taught a gospel-first curriculum, including Christian character building, which develops strong ethical, moral, and leadership qualities in our kids. A component of this curriculum focuses on spiritual strength and resisting corruption, which enables our young men and women to fight against the leading cause of poverty in their culture. If you'd like to help young children like Asher, go to our website, childcareworldwide.org. There's lots of young ladies and young men just like her who need plenty of help today. Childcareworldwide.org is the website, and you can check out all the things we do, from sponsorship to food distribution to clean water projects, shelter, medicine, and education. Thanks for listening today. This has been Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. I'm Bill Neenhouse. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives with Bill Neenhouse, President of Childcare Worldwide. To learn more, go to childcareworldwide.org. Join us again next week here on 820 AM, The Word.